18 minutes after the hour 4. If you've just tuned in, it is Radio Veritas, the only Catholic radio station in South Africa that gives you the good news. And today we're giving you good people for a change. And it's a Spirit Wednesday and uh, I'm joined in studio by Father Joseph Wilson, who is a regular uh, guest on the show uh, at Radio Veritas. And uh, Father Joe. Good afternoon, hello, and uh, I know it's a bit late to be saying compliments of the season and to be saying happy birthday, and should I be talking about Valentine? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, and a blessed 2018 to you all. Thank you very much, and thank you. It was very nice seeing you last week at your birthday party, and uh, a big shout out to those ladies and uh, gentlemen that made it possible for us to share and partake in Father Joseph's birthday. Wow, a new chapter, Father Joe. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, birthdays, you know, uh, at my age, you, you, you pray that they come more slowly. <laughs> 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 All right. And I'm also joined in studio. We're joined in studio by Mike Francis. Mike Francis, good afternoon and welcome. How's it, Father? No, it's good to be here. Thank Thanks you very much for responding to our interview, hey? And to our, to our invitation, actually. No, no, it's a pleasure, Father. I'm Great happy stuff. to be here. And on my right is Kelly. Kelly from Alpha and Omega Mission, not Ministries. Kelly, welcome, and it's always good running to you. You've become a brother, actually. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Kelly was also on the show at some point. Gentlemen, uh, this afternoon we are going to be unpacking and exploring a very, very painful disease, a disease that sometimes can be very hidden. Um, in some in some cases, it's 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 not hidden. It, it's it's public, but in in most cases, it can be a hidden thing that people suffer with, and uh, people have to endure for years and years until it takes them to those dark places. And today, we're joined by Francis. Francis, thank you very much once again for being brave enough to come and share your story with us and minister to us. Francis, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Francis? How old is Francis and where does I know I've just said you're from the Easter end, but yeah. <laughs> no, look, Father, I'm, I'm 21 years old, just about to turn 22 uh, in February, mm-hmm. and I'm actually from Boxburg, okay. but uh, I grew up in Benoni because I live on the border between Boxburg and Benoni. So the school I went to, my friends, everything was in Benoni, Father. Okay. So yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, you are a survivor of addiction. Yes, Father. No, by the grace of God, Father, I mean, uh, yeah, I was, I was very deep, Father. I, like, I didn't know what I was living for at one point, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I, Before we go to that, let's take me back to what your addiction was. Uh, okay, yeah, Father, look, it all started with weed. Uh, then it moved to steroids, and then it started moving to cat, to cocaine, and to crystal meth. And what was driving you into, into these substances? Uh, if I can put it this way recognition father from other people like you know what i mean father like uh i just wanted to be recognized i wanted to be seen the cool guy yes yes were you not recognized at some point in your life look i was bullied in primary school father i was bullied so you know i had this kind of idea in my head that when i got to high school you know this is it now i'm gonna show you know what i mean now i'm gonna show everyone you know uh i am the big guy you're not gonna bully me anymore you know, and then when you took the drugs, it made you even more aggressive and more and less fearless and everything, Father. For how long did this carry on? What, Father? The, the addiction. The addiction. Look, Father, it started when I was about 17. till So it was about three, four years, Father. Three and a half, four years. And did anybody 
know that you were hooked into the substances? Yes, Father. Yeah, my parents did know, Father, but they didn't know what to do. I was, they didn't know what to do, Father. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to that just now, but I mean, I, I got sent to the general ward in the Linmed. I was in two different rehabs. Mm-hmm. Nothing worked, Father. They were at a point where they didn't know what to do. I and mean, uh, you were, in your mind, you were convinced that you're a cool guy. Yeah, no, in my mind, Father, I was convinced that I was the victim. I was convinced that I was the victim, that no one cares about me and, you know, you self-pity. Yeah. Self-pity, Father, yeah. Gee. Father Joseph, there is a story that's coming up here. And mm. What's your reaction to it? <laughs> well, um, if you listen to Mike, um, uh, it's the story that's common to a lot of uh, young people in South Africa. It's almost like they have to go through this. And uh, I think if if people listening now and listening later to the podcast would listen carefully to what he says, it all starts with um, just going into weed, weed being the colloquial for dacha, and, um, and then that takes you on to the next level. And maybe, Mike, you would explain, you know, um, how, what effect does the weed have on you and then what takes you to the next level? Look, Father, the way it starts is when, when, you, when you smoke weed, it gives you a relaxed feeling. But in my opinion, it's all false, Father. Um, so if you've got anxiety, if you're stressed about something, you know, if you've, it's a cause to celebrate, Father. It's a cause to celebrate, to relax, to calm down, to chill. Um, but then eventually it starts having an adverse effect on you. It actually starts giving you the anxiety. And if you don't smoke, you have the anxiety. So um, you took it to suppress the anxiety in your life? Yes. But what was the anxiety? Was it just coming from the school environment? Or there were also other sources that the anxiety and maybe the, the, the emptiness in your life was coming from? Yeah, look, Father, um, I, w- when I, when I, I had epilepsy from a very young age. Okay. So I always, in my, like, I, always used, I used to get teased quite a lot. Okay. And like, from a young age, I was always very small, Father. You know what I mean? Mm. So I always used to get bullied and I used to get, you know what I mean, thrown around and, you know, all of this, Father. And then I, uh, that, that sort of de- developed in me a social anxiety, if you know what I mean, Father. Yes. Then I wouldn't like, you know, when I was around people, I, I would get anxious, you know, I'd get nervous and everything like that, Father. So then eventually it came to the point where, okay, everyone else is doing it, let me do it to fit in. Then mm. if I'm doing what they're doing, I won't have to be socially anxious, you know, because I'll be with them. I'll be one with them, mm-hmm. with the weed, Father. Kelly, as you listen to us, what is going through your mind? No, uh, Father, it's like exactly Mark's talking. I relate to him many of times. It's like he's telling me it's the exact same thing. What happened to me, the anxiety came in. It's that acceptance, that recognition. It's all the same. Mm. We just got to recognize it though. Mm. But at that young age, it's hard to recognize it. Mm-hmm. It is hard. But then, then the argument that one could have, Father Joseph, is same, same, same scenario but people respond to it differently. Mm. How does one then find themselves hooked? Yeah, well, we've got two experts here, and that is, of course, the vital question, uh, because I think many people smoking weed uh, will say, no, I, I, it's just a, a, you know, something I do socially, and I, I can leave it any time I like. But that is the critical question. What actually hooks you? What is the hook? And Mike, what was the hook for you? Father, the hook for me, like if, if, you would, if you were speaking from a physical point of view, would be the feeling. But my opinion is that there's definitely a spirit behind it, most definitely. 
because a, a spirit behind each drug each drug father there's a spirit behind it yes because father you would get a different high each time even with the weed i'm sure you can go and ask a lot of people and they'll say i can't smoke weed because i get anxiety attacks the minute i smoke the weed and then some people won't father it will be nice and then in the next time they'll have an anxiety attack and then the next time it could be normal father do you know what i mean mm, mm. so yeah but in your case, what hooked you finally into the cycle of drug taking? What kept you going back? Yeah. The feeling, Father, the acceptance from my friends. And it was something that we could all do together and could all have in common. Mm. And uh, you would, everyone would just be so relaxed and so calm. And then, do you understand what I'm saying, Father? Mm. It came in very subtly, mm. very, very subtly. And if there was intervention from, from maybe teachers, family, parents... Uh, because you mentioned the fact that you went to rehab twice yes, and it failed. Yes. Why? Because, Father, in my honest opinion, I think it failed because it was being attacked from a physical, a physical point of view. Because, I mean, Ephesians 6 says that you, the, your battle is not against flesh and blood, it's against principalities and, and powers, so on and so on. So the, labor, the rehabs, the, most of the rehabs I know, the rehab that I went to was labor-orientated. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there is, they do believe in God, you know, they do bring Jesus Christ into it. But they try and work it out. That'll be. They'll try and work it out of you. You'll work every day, six hours a day, or whatever the case is. And they'll repress. They'll suppress everything. You're not allowed to look at the woman. You're not allowed to listen to worldly music. You're not allowed to do anything. But then when you get out into the world, Father, it's like what's going on? It's this whole everything comes in into your face. Mm -hmm. So like Christopher West, West mentioned something very important when we went to the theology of the body. He said you get three types of people: the stoic, mm -hmm. which represses the mm -hmm. addict, mm -hmm. which takes it all in, and then the mystic, which just opens it up to Jesus. So I think that the, the, the way that they're coming at it in rehabs is repressing, Father. Mm -hmm. They're trying to repress it. If you've just tuned in, it is Radio Veritas 576 AM. It's 28 minutes after the hour 4 and it's Changing Gear with myself, Father Brian, a.k.a. Ndabaningi. And we are Changing Gear. Do not change that dial. It's a Spirit Wednesday. It's exactly 26 minutes before the hour 4, the hour 5. And uh, if you've just tuned in, it is a Spirit Wednesday and we're Changing Gears with myself, Father Brian and Father Joe and uh, today we're trying to understand this spiritual illness called addiction. Now, Father Joseph, um, um, he was sharing with us, Francis was sharing with us, uh, Mike was, was sharing with us his journey. But take us now to some of the things that you were doing when, when, when you were high, when, the whole, when your addiction was at its peak. Uh, look, when my addiction was at its peak, Father, um, my parents basically, they used to lock the gate. They used to keep me out of the house because when I used to go into the house, I just used to take laptops, TVs, mm -hmm. cell phones, microwaves, mm -hmm. and I just used to go and pawn them, Father. I just used to go and pawn everything just to get just to get that drug. You, mm -hmm. You'll pawn every, you'll pawn anything and everything, Father. And you spoke, when we were off air, you were speaking about how at some point you had suicide thoughts? Yes, Father, yeah. Um, suicidal thoughts... But very strong, Father, like extremely strong. Like it's, it's almost like it's trying to tell you that you've got nothing left. You've mm. got nothing left. God's rejected you. Mm. You know, he'll never forgive you now. It's impossible. Look how much you've, look how much you've sinned against him. You might as well carry on sinning. And if you carry on sinning, it's going to get worse. So just end yourself now. Just end, end your life now. Just end it now. And then I remember, Father, sorry, just to go into it. When I did try, when I wanted to try, when I did try and commit suicide, just before I tried, mm. you get a, it's like a false peace mm -hmm. that comes over you. A false peace, which I think is a deceit of Satan. Did you mu mutilate yourself? Yes, Father. Yeah, I did cut myself. I did. Um, the one day I, I, I came home, I was drunk and I was high. 
and I was and my mom was telling me, you know, look, you know, this and that, you gotta stop this, you gotta stop that, mm. and then like it's like this demon father mm. just took over, mm. and I just uh, took my leg and I put my leg up and I took a knife and I cut my leg and <laughs> then they had to, t you know what I mean, father? And I was just and always when I used to come off the drug, like also it's another false peace, father. That, that Satan that, that Satan gives you that uh, when you're on a downer and you're so filled with anxiety and despair, Father, mm -hmm. like you cannot believe, despair, hopelessness, all the opposites of what God gives you, all the opposites, everything that speaks against in the Bible, you're filled with that. Mm -hmm. And then you go and you cut, you start cutting and you actually, it actually it's like I said, it's a false piece, you start feeling a bit better. Mm -hmm. You start feeling a bit better and you want to cry, mm -hmm. but you can't cry. I hear you were a bouncer. At some point, and uh, you were this big guy who was on steroids and all that kind of a thing. And yet, in your private life, you were not that tough guy that you presented and projected to the world. Yes, Father, no, that's 100%. I think the only person that knew me, besides my family, you know, my mom and my dad, um, was my fiancé, Gail, that went through everything with me, Father. Because, I mean, like I said, when I was bouncing and everything, it would be fights and it would be but violent, very violent, Father. Mm -hmm. And uh, it would be fights and it'd be, you know, I'd be acting like this macho man and everyone would be speaking, you know, this and that. And that just fed, yeah. you know, it just fed the spirit of vanity, aggression and anger. Yo, Michael, Fra oh, bro, Michael, Fra you know, yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing. And then father, but then on the other hand, I'd be breaking down in Gail's arms, crying and saying, I don't know what to do. Please help me. Yeah. I don't know. Did you really need help at that point? Father, I needed help and I didn't know where I was turning everywhere. But God, but God, I was. Father, I went to psychiatrists, psychologists, psychotherapists, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, Father. And, um, and what was the, 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 the breakthrough moment for you then? What, what got me to where I am yeah. now, Father? Yeah. I was left with no psychologist to go to. I'd been to all the psychologists, no. to all the psychiatrists, yeah. Father. You they just didn't go to a Sangoma, I suppose. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> By the grace of God, Father. Yeah. And... Um, they had given me all the medications. They had diagnosed me with bipolar, epilepsy, schizophrenia. Um, you know, they wanted to give me shock treatment. They prescribed me with all these medications, Seroquel, Epilim, Rivetrol, Zopax, antidepressant. <laughs> father, it's a d and then, Father, then I got to a point where, and then I would talk to my parents. They didn't understand. It's like Satan had pushed me into a corner. And that's when he also started more with the suicidal thoughts. No one understands you. No one's going to be able to help you. Just go. So Just what go. was your breakthrough moment? <laughs> Sorry, Father. Um, and then, um, like I said, I had nowhere left to turn. Nowhere, mm. Father. Not my parents. Nowhere. Mm. And then I just, and then I, I was on a, I had a dream, Father. Um, I had a dream of the second coming. I was, I was sleeping, Father. And then I was in my dream. I had woken up and I was having a hangover and on a downer. But in my dream, do you understand <laughs> what I'm saying, Father? And then I was walking around, I was walking around and something just felt very strange about that day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Father, I just see this light in the sky and I see the shadow of Jesus and there's just angels and they're coming. And as I saw this, Father, I broke down onto my knees with that fear that overcame me and I said, Lord, I'm not ready. Lord, I'm not ready. Okay. And then I woke up, Father. Yeah. And then, but then Satan, and I, knew, I know that was, must have been a divine intervention. The Lord was saying, hey, listen here, bro, get your stuff together, I'm coming. <laughs> and... Um, Still, Satan convinced me, no, man, it's just a dream. And I carried on for about another two weeks, Father. And then I slept at my one friend, uh, Ricardo's house, and his mom, Annabelle Zaki. I hope you she's listening. Um, she said, started preaching to me about God and saying, no, look, I know this place called Alpha and Omega <laughs> that you can go to where they can pray the demons out of you. <laughs> I was thinking, Father, you know, I was saying, okay, yeah, okay, but in my but, mind. But, uh, 
have they not tried to pray for you? Because, I mean, there were people that were praying in your family and uh, were their prayers not successful or was God not hearing their prayers? What happened? Look, Father, I'm sure, I'm certain yeah. that there were people praying for me, mm-hmm. my parents included, and I also think some alive and dead. Yeah. Um, but no one ever prayed over me, Father. I, I was in need of deliverance. I was in need of deliverance. The, they, the demons, like they were strong in me, Father, mm-hmm. of aggression, of anger. No one could tell me anything, Father, of pride. Mm-hmm. When you would try to tell me something, then the demon, I would just, you know what I mean, Father, Get a, stop talking, just mm-hmm. sort everything out with your hands sort of thing, Father. Mm-hmm. Then anyway, so while she was telling me, you go to Alpha and Omega, then I was, I was thinking while she was talking, I was saying, yeah, okay, no, hundreds, but I was thinking, this woman has gone. What is she talking <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you, <laughs> hang on. So you think, okay, you're going to Alpha and Omega, fine. Yeah, Father. So then I said, no, and then I thought nothing of it. Then I carried on dragging and everything, Father. But I was getting worse, Father. I was getting worse. Mm-hmm. I was getting pushed. Was that, were you reaching out for help? Do you think that, that, that holding on to that pain and to that struggle where you were was a cry for, for help? Uh, well, look, I, I'm not sure, Father, because, I mean, I was filled with the spirit of self-pity. Filled with the spirit of self-pity. The only help that I would reach out for, if you could call it that, was crying in, in Gail's arms. Was crying in Gail's arms. And then, you know what I mean? That's the only, that's the only help I was reaching out for, Father. But then, then I carried on and then I got to a point where I couldn't anymore. I couldn't. I was telling everyone to take me to the hospital so they can put me out. Because I don't want to be awake anymore. That's how bad. I felt like everyone had left me, Father. Wow. So, Kelly, what happens? He then arrives at Alpha and Omega. I mean, do you guys run a rehab? What, what is it about Alpha and Omega that touches people to, to just throw away all these things that they've been smoking and grazing on? What, what, what is it about Alpha and Father, Omega? Father, we've got, uh, we run Alpha and Omega and we've got a foundation house. But, but Mark came there and he'd only met Michael a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. He actually sat with Charles and Fernanda. You know, when he relays the story, it's quite funny because he mentioned, so that was the biggest thing with Michael. He came on his own accord. The wolf for him, he didn't come with his mother or his brother or his sister. He came on his own accord and he searched it on his own. And that's like, like what we've, I've come to realize with addiction, addicted people, if they come on their own will and they seek it. But sometimes, uh, Kelly, some people want it. They want it now because it's so painful and, you know, they get there and three weeks down the line, they're like, you know what, I'm not interested. It's a struggle, Father. It's not, you know, you can't do what your, Father jo- Joseph always mentions. You come for a, a laundromat. You come for a wash. Yeah. You've got to keep on. You've got to keep on cleansing. You've got to keep on cleansing. Oh, so, so it's not like a uh, wash and dry. And you no. You've got to find the root cause. What is the root cause? Father Joseph, so tell us, what really, really happens at this uh, uh, place, uh, this mysterious place called yeah. Alpha and Omega? Yeah. Mm. Um. So he walks in and says, hi, guys, guess what? I'm a druggie. I'm a junkie. And um, you're like, oh, come, let's pray for well, you. Well, um, uh, both of the brothers here are making an important point that there, as well as the, the addiction, there are spirits behind it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it bears out what Scripture says, which is um, in John ten ten that Satan has come to... Uh, scud us, steal, kill, and destroy us. And, um, you know, he had got Mike into a corner where he says, Mike, Jesus is not there for you. He's not going to accept you. You've made a mess of your life. Just end it now. That's destroying. That's getting the person to kill himself. So there's actually, we do know this for a fact. And uh, 
Mike and Kelly will bear it out, that uh, the drug pushers out there, they're actually cursed the drugs to make them more addictive. And therefore, as well as inhaling or injecting a chemical, you're also injecting a spirit. And so that's what has to be dealt with also. Okay, hang on, Father. So what you're saying is because the drugs are cursed and there's, there's, uh, there's a spiritual like um, components, components yeah. to yeah. that, that, mm. that is like a, a bonus to, mm. to the drugs that you're ingesting. Does that apply to other forms of addiction, say sexual addiction? Because I know people who just, it's not because they like sex, but they just addicted. They jump from one bed to the next that's and right. they'll tell you, I want to stop. Yes. But we, we, is, are they spirits when you, when people have, um, especially sex outside marriage, um, are they, is there a component of it where you get soul ties with people? Yes, there are spirits behind it. In fact, scripture speaks about a, a spirit of fornication, uh, a spirit of impurity, mm -hmm. a spirit of adultery. It's, it's in the scriptures. So that there are compulsive components to an addiction. And those compulsive components, if priests in confession would deal with that, and yeah. it used to be in the old theology books like Nolden, if somebody comes in and there is somebody battling with um, a particular sin or an addiction, mm -hmm. the priest, as you see, the absolution given mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily uh, uh, get give the victory over the addiction. Mm -hmm. So it needs a prayer of deliverance over the person, binding it in confession. So you're actually binding the spirit behind the addiction. Mm -hmm. You bind a sexual spirit, a spirit of masturbation. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, or And I have found that actually when you name the addiction, the when, demon. You, when you name, for example, if it was... Uh, a spirit behind the cat, yeah. for example, it has a powerful effect. Okay. So there you are at Alpha and Omega, right? And, yeah. Yeah, Father, so firstly, before, I've, uh, like on my way to Alpha and Omega, the whole time in my head, the whole time, Father, what are you doing? What are you doing, Bruno? Just leave it. And I actually said, no, Gail, because then he actually, what he does is, that, Father, he, may, he allows you to feel better. Straight after I messaged Fernanda and Charles and said, I'm coming, they said, okay, come today. Then I started feeling better straight afterwards. And then I said, Gail, to my fiance, no, it's okay, don't worry, I'm not going to. She sure. said, no, but now this was the grace of God, I know. She said, no, go, you have to, you've made the appointment. And the, all the way there, it was a long drive. I was thinking to myself, no, it can't be, it can't be. All the way to the door when they were welcoming me in, I was thinking to myself, no, I'm not in the right place. And then I sat down with Charles and then he chatted to me, Father. And that's also, I think, when the grace of God just hit me, all those prayers that were being said. And understanding, he gave me understanding, Father, because everything Charles was saying made complete, crystally clear, perfect sense. And then they did a deliverance prayer over me, Father. And then I remember while I was in the deliverance prayer, it wasn't a heavy deliverance. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you didn't act like a snake no, no. or like a, like a little bird. <laughs> I know of stories. I've heard of stories, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of stories. I've heard of stories. Uh, of, 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 yeah. uh, Kelly is really smiling and laughing. Kelly, um, do you want to share something with us? <laughs> Father, so when, when I went for my deliverance, like um, same thing, Charles, because I grew up with Charles, we were good friends. He said, you need prayer. And I, I, as I said, I said, you're mad. Who prays for people now? You've gone mad. Yeah. But I went for prayer to shut Charles up. And 
my deliverance wasn't like Mark's. Mine was very, these spirits came out and it was very, and no one warned me or no one briefed me. So it was very, like, so I was not traumatic, but it was very overwhelming. But then I realized it was very, very, as Father's saying, it's spirit induced. For me, addiction is spiritual. Mm-hmm. So they pray over you. What happened next? Yeah, Father. So they were praying over me. And like I said, I didn't go like Kelly, but there was a twitch, you know, here yeah. and there. And I felt very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. From the moment I walked into the house, mm-hmm. feel very uncomfortable. But it's the spirit. And then they prayed over me, Father. And, you know, the whole thing was that Satan was like, he, he kept giving me the thought. He kept saying, Brie, you've sinned so much. Just carry on sinning. You're already you, dirty, Brie, you know. Yeah, yeah just why, carry why on. Bother? Just yeah. carry on. Yeah. And then that was my biggest problem, guilt, Father, self-condemnation. And while they were praying for me, I just... Uh, it's like I heard a vo- like a voice inside my soul, not mm-hmm. an audible voice, a voice inside my soul, mm-hmm. and it was Jesus. Like you just, I just oh, knew. Wow. There's no way. It was wow. Jesus, and He just said, "My son, I've forgiven you." And you're like, "Lord, I'm here." Yeah. And am. I just started crying, Father. Mm. I just started crying, and that's when it just. I'm getting an anointing now, and that's when it just everything changed, Father. Everything just changed. So no twelve steps for you. No, you know, come into <laughs> this five star, uh, fancy rehab. No, blah blah blah, and. Voila, you walked out of this laundry yeah, sparkling Yeah, no, look, Father, like I say, it's the grace of God. If you can't see it, if I can be saved like that, Father, anyone can be saved. I mean, you know, in a group of friends, there's the one that's the worst. Yeah. I was that guy, Father. Mm. I was that guy. Mm. Father, and nothing worked. I but tried. But guess what? God chooses those <laughs> That are perceived to be the worst yes. Because through them he shows his strength He shows his might And he shows that he's God Look at what he does in a little city in Nazareth He says of all the virgins in town Guess what? I want this one called Mary You know? Yeah, and everybody's yeah. like ha 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 <laughs> I mean they were kids They were daughters from the royal household Why were they not chosen? Yeah. But he chose Mary who had her own plans if you've just tuned in, it is Radio Veritas 576 AM. It's the station that gives you the good news and the good music for a change. We are Unpacking Addiction. It's a Spirit Wednesday. I'm joined in studio by Mike Francis, by Father Joseph, and by Kelly. Do not touch that dial.